0: Welcome, everybody, to episode 38 of Haunt and Cold Podcast. We are your hosts. I'm April. And I'm Katie. (laughs) It feels really weird doing that because I feel like by now they should know, but then some people start not at the first one. I still cannot believe that people still have not even told us whether 36 was thumbs up or thumbs down. That tells me, out of all our listeners, that... Not one of them made it to the very last two minutes. (laughs) Yeah. We asked you guys to do something at the end of episode 37, and none of you have done it yet. Yeah. so of you. What the hell, though? So we feel like no one cares. I feel ignored. (laughs) And I feel not listened to. (laughs) Right. Right. (laughs) Like, hello, is this thing on? Yeah, I mean, it's fine. But also, <laughs> it's fine if you would like to now listen to us, I'm simply asking for a thumbs up or thumbs down on episode 36. We've had a lot of anxiety about it. It has a lot of listens, though. Have you seen that? It does. But I also just worry that it's angry listens and not, like, good listens, oh. you know? Like... Get a hold of these guys. Yeah. Kind of listen. Listen to what these idiots have to say, you know? Yeah, hopefully not. Mm. I mean, we haven't gotten any angry messages. No, we haven't. But I also don't want no. those. I just want, I want right. a thumbs up, thumbs down. Simple yeah. as that. Just tell us. Right. Like, send us a message on Instagram or an email at honcold at gmail.com and tell us. Whether or not 36 equals thumbs up, thumbs down. It's easy. Just do it. Easy. Easy as that. Yeah. Or just give us else. an emoji about what you think about it. It can, it can be anything. Yeah. Any There's emoji that equals what your feelings are. Though, right. just make it so we know what that means. <laughs> right. Be descriptive with your emojis. <laughs> right. Right. That'd be nice. Right. Oh, but we have a new Patreon. number. Uh, oh, have we not talked about this yet? No. Oh, shit. Yeah, we do. Welcome, Melissa. To... Melissa. To our Patreon. She is our aunt, and yes. she is cool, and she <laughs> is probably the one who's going to judge us the least. She's the one that talks to us still at the barbecues. Yeah, she's like... She's down to clown. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What <is> a funny <laughs> hold on i gotta look it up on
1: urban it dictionaries sounds,
0: sounds like an insane like an icp quote as a way of saying yes that expresses genuine excitement or happiness yeah yeah melissa's down to clown <laughs> always yeah yeah i'd say Anyway, uh, what do you think you got going on what are you up to what are you doing Oh, um, everyone's going to get really sick of me saying this, but I'm going to Disneyland. <laughs> again? Yeah, I'll be in Disneyland when this airs. Uh, but don't worry. It's going to be the last time for a long time. Oh, really? The only reason why we have gone so much in the last year is just because we got a uh, season passes mm-hmm. or a year pass. And, like, we probably won't do that again. Um, oh, we did make so it. So, does it expire a year after you get it? Yeah, I see. Yeah, so it expires the end of February. So we're gonna make this our last trip for our season passes, but also it's it's quite expensive to take mm-hmm. the fam. So we're it'll probably be like an every other year type of vacation, but yeah, yeah, we we love Disneyland, but it's definitely pricey. So Mm -hmm. this last trip, we're excited to go see the new um, Minnie and Mickey's Runaway Railroad in Toontown. It's really Mm. cute. We went on it in Disney World, but they're just barely opening the Disneyland ride. Oh, fun. Yeah, it just barely opened last week or something. And then they are updating the Splash Mountain to be Princess and the Frog. And then they're doing improvements to indiana jones but indiana jones is closed for a while while they do that so uh, (sighs) i remember that one being fun yeah that's the best one of all all the rides i think but yeah anywho well that's exciting hope you have fun hope the weather is good it's gonna be warmer than freaking utah my goodness it was four degrees when i woke up this morning four degrees zero here inside of our door like on the inside of our front door ice seriously yes whoa it was weird i've never seen it do that before you must have like a humid house like for there to be moisture for there to be ice you know Oh, i don't know if it's humid or not i don't know it was icy inside for some reason what are you up Uh, to do you have updates with life i'm just destroying my bathroom downstairs because <laughs> i'm trying to update it <laughs> the demolition is uh, the best part yeah it's it's the least expensive part i'm excited yeah. to see how it turns out to be though because your plan sounds really good yeah i'm excited too i think it's really gonna turn out good that's yeah, all we- i have going on well should we get on with the show i guess <laughs> okay here let's see i did these notes yesterday can you hear me yes okay oh can you hear me yeah am i freezing no well what's funnier is that it took me a while to realize that you're frozen because i thought you were <laughs> <laughs> no way <laughs> no you're frozen <laughs> katie oh i hear you My story is about Ronnie Lee Gardner. Do you know who that is? Ronnie Lee Gardner. Tell me what era this is. 80s. No. Okay. All right. Ronnie Lee Gardner was born January 16th, 1961 in Salt Lake City, Utah. His parents were Dan and Ruth Gardner. He was exposed to a very diff- difficult and dark childhood. He was the youngest of seven kids, and his father was an alcoholic. Um, his father Dan uh, left the family for another woman when Ronnie was just a toddler. At two oh years gosh. old, Ronnie was found roaming the streets of Salt Lake City in with bare feet and a diaper. Like, no kidding. Yeah. At so two years old. Two years old. So, CPS took him, and he was sent to foster care for a little bit, and then eventually was returned to his mother. So, like, his mom was not – she didn't give a shit. <laughs> where, was were just, the other, where were the other six kids doing the same thing, just roaming the streets? So, it gets worse. Um, oh, no. oh, majority God. of the time – His older sister was the one who took care of him, and he later said that he was only five years old when his sister and her friend sexually abused him. (sighs) Yeah. By six years old, Ronnie was introduced to sniffing glue and huffing gas. When he was nine years old, he and his siblings would frequently run away from home, and they would sleep on the streets with the homeless community and use drugs and alcohol. And by 10 years old, he was addicted to drugs. And his parents even allowed him to use drugs and alcohol in their home. So, like, rough and parents didn't really care. Like, his parents were just, do what you want. I don't want to deal with you type. That's so sad. I know. Um, As he grew up, punishments in his home were always physically violent. He was stubborn and refused to cry or conform. By his teens he began a life of crime. Him and his brother Randy stole a pair of cowboy boots and authorities sent them to juvenile detention. The authorities called their father um to come pick them up and Dan their dad um when he got there he only picked up Randy Randy, <sighs> Randy. <laughs> ah, He only picked up Randy and left Ronnie behind. So why? Okay because Ronnie and his dad had a very like toxic relationship and Dan would tell him that Ronnie wasn't his and that like he didn't have to care about him because he wasn't his kid. So that is so sad. I know. and it's not freaking Ronnie's fault. like no., ugh, but that that was his relationship with his dad. Wow. yeah. So Ronnie's mom eventually got remarried to a convict named Bill Lucas. He would take the boys with him to be lookouts when he would rob homes. So Bill oh Lucas's gosh. crimes were always like robbery and bur- burglary, and he would take his kids with him. Almost <laughs> like And have hey, them be lookout. Yeah, come That's and do horrible. This. Right. So Ronnie actually idolized Bill because Bill basically included him. Like treated him like I mean, I mean, it was for like selfish purposes, like, um, come be the lookout while I rob, but he felt like he was, you know, being included in something. And so like someone paid attention to him. Yeah. And he was like pretty and wanted him around. Yeah. And he was excited kind of about his lifestyle of being a thief, like going and taking what you want, type of thing. Mm. Um Ronnie was committed to the Utah State Hospital in Provo when he was 11 years old. So, like, his his demeanor would change from happy and charming to a terrifying, enraged child out of nowhere. Like, he would just huh. be night and day. So, Dr. Craig Haney, a psychology professor who I believe evaluated Ronnie down the road... He said, Mm -hmm. quote, his parents had essentially given up on him. They put him in a mental hospital and he didn't have a mental illness. He was in a terrifying place. There were children who were psychotic, children who exhibited bizarre behavior, and he was physically small and immature, but not mentally ill. So Haney said by 11 years old, he had been in detention 12 times and he'd live In a series of institutions. He no longer felt comfortable at home. And he didn't feel comfortable. In institutions either. He really felt like he had no place in the world. So Ronnie would be incarcerated. At the state industrial school. On and off for several years. As he continued with criminal behavior. And drug use. Once he was in custody. At this school. um, He was about 13. 14. Uh, once he was in custody at the school and um, a man who befriended his brother, Randy, began visiting him. His name was Jack Stat, And apparently Randy was living with him. So when Ronnie was released from the school at 14 years old, Jack became his foster parent. Okay, who is this guy? Just a random guy that his brother Randy was living with. Oh. Yeah, so let me tell you about Jack for 5 seconds. He was gross. Um he would dress as a woman and go to state offices and um during social worker observations, he would dress as a woman so that he could be assigned foster children for the checks from the state. And when he'd get foster kids, he'd basically pimp them out. Yeah. So What? Yeah, so he was... Is it really that easy? In the 80s, probably, yeah. Or well, I guess this was 70s. Yeah, but like... They, I mean, like, to go in... <clears throat> it, it, oh my gosh. So, at the like, time... But he was, like, in, under disguise as some random person. It's like, so just giving kids to anybody. Yeah, and uh, so at the time, foster children would... They would. They were only allowed to go to women if there was a single man. That was not allowed, but they could go to a single woman. Mm. So, the I guess I didn't put it in my notes, but the social worker that did the interview with him did write. I think there might be men dressed as women, but there weren't any investigations into anything, and they were just sent foster kids. I hate this. I hate it. I hate that this happened. I hate how many children were abused because of that. Well, foster, the foster system is horrible. You, you either get parents who are loving and want to be, you know, a place of love and support for these children who've never had it, or you have the other side of, parents who want it for the checks and can give two shits about the children that they're supposedly supposed to help and like the system is so messed up because there are way too many kids in the foster system for one um but also the homes that they're sent to are unsafe it's just the foster system is so messed up i don't i mean there's an answer to make it a better system i just don't know what it is and i've never been in it i've never been exposed to it you just hear all these horror stories that there has to be a better way mm-hmm. um right so anyway so he ended up living with this horrible person and eventually right. ronnie did say that um jack um forced him into prostitution as well oh my um gosh <clears throat> later Ronnie met a woman, um, as he got older, he met a woman named Deborah Bischoff, and they ended up having two children together. They had a daughter on March 23rd, 1977, uh, when Ronnie was 16 years old. Um, a son on February 9th, 1980, when Ronnie was 19 years old. In that same month that his son was born on February 25th, 1980 ronnie was sent to prison for burglary he was in the maximum security prison for not even a year when he escaped with another inmate on april 9th 1981 whoa while he was on the run he went after a man he believed raped deborah his baby mama right Mm -hmm. he found the man um at his sister-in-law's house and stabbed him then he got in a shootout with a man named John Mitchell, and in the chaos, Ronnie ended up getting shot in the neck. He was arrested while he was trying to hide in a truck after the shooting stopped. So he got shot, he hid in this truck, and then he was found and arrested and brought back to wow. prison. <laughs> yeah. seven, seven months later, in December 1981, he ran from a visiting Room, so he was in a visiting room at the prison and he ran from it. He scaled one set of razor topped fences, then an officer shot him with a shotgun and took him back into custody. So he tried to escape. Holy cow, didn't quite make it! Whoa, um, and just like when he was a kid, Ronnie often went from his violent temper to like a pleasant, kind demeanor. Um, and he would have conversations with the guards and officers in the prison and ask them about their lives and, you know, just a decent dude. And then randomly he would like attack one of the guards and yeah. one that he like had conversations with about their families and whatever. Um, he just like, he just like. He was just crazy. Did, like, he ha- like, did he have, I mean, you, you might say it later, like, was he diagnosed with like anything that would explain that um yeah but it's down the road and it does it like point back to his drug use as a kid and just his life experiences you know well yeah i'm sure his brain didn't have time to develop but i mean he never had a chance to even be a kid right um in 1984, officers were removing Ronnie from his cell, and he just attacked one of his friend guards with a screwdriver. Oh, um, yeah. And so eventually, they started realizing, okay, he's he may be just being kind and pleasant to, like, so we'll get our guard down and not like think he's a threat type of thing. So that would I think be scary. Yeah. I, well, I. I don't personally know this person, but Josh knows someone from or that he grew up with that worked as a prison guard and they deal with some of the roughest people, obviously, and it takes a toll on them mentally as a prison guard. Like like a lot of his friends that he worked with at the prison have ended up committing suicide. Really? Like that's how rough of a job it is. During another <clears throat> incident, Ronnie led a prison riot in nineteen eighty-four. Also, he barricaded a cell block and started fires. He headbutted an officer and had to be subdued with a stun gun. So he's a troublemaker. Like he just I was just gonna say. Like it he sounds just like he like, will not go down without a fight. <laughs> yeah. He and he's he's determined to get out. Like Yeah determined to get out august 6 1984 ronnie began vomiting violently in his cell and said he needed to go to the hospital he was loaded into a prison van and taken into or he was taken into a prison van he was loaded into a prison van and (laughs) taken to university of utah hospital um which is downtown salt lake As they were waiting for treatment, Ronnie assaulted the transportation officer that was guarding his room. His name was Don Levitt, Mm -hmm. and he hit him so hard in the back of the head that uh, Levitt almost lost consciousness, and then Ronnie took his gun. Officer Levitt tried to follow his demands to unlock the shackles to free him as quickly as possible. Ronnie leaned down and said to the officer, quote, "I guess you know that if the doctor comes back, I'll have to kill you both. Oh my gosh, Officer Levitt had no choice but to undo his shackles and let him go. Um, so Don Levitt's injuries to his head were so severe from his attack that he had to have his entire head and face reconstructed with titanium rods and a wire. Whoa, that's how badly. What did he he hit him with? I don't know. I didn't say. So once Ronnie was free, he ran to the parking lot and bumped into a man named Mike Lynch. Uh, Mike was a medical student and um, was just walking into the hospital. And he pointed the gun at Mike's back and ordered him to give him a ride. He said, quote, I don't want to kill you, but I have nothing else to lose. He took Mike's clothes and motorcycle and went on the run. A large manhunt began. Officers from neighboring precincts also joined the search, and they searched for Ronnie for months. For months? Months. Yeah. On October 9th, Ronnie walked into, so the next month, so is before he was caught, okay. Um, mm-hmm. On October 9th, Ronnie walked into Cheers Tavern in Salt Lake City, where a man named Melvin Otterstrom was working at the bar. After Melvin closed the bar, him and Ronnie got into a fight. Ronnie decided that he would rob the bar, and according to him, he the gun just went off in Melvin's face during a struggle. But in his face? Uh-huh. But according to medical examiner and the police, there was no evidence of a struggle at all. The evidence shows that Melvin was lying on his back, and Ronnie pressed the gun against his nose and shot him. Which, of course, Melvin died instantly. Um, oh my goodness! That's yeah, horrible. <clears throat> um, and he and Ronnie left with only a hundred dollars. So he did that for nothing, like chump change. It's awful. Okay, oh, it's infuriating. Oh. And according to the family, they told Deseret News that Ronnie even attended Melvin's funeral and pretended to be a childhood friend. Are you kidding? How effed up do- is that? Like, I think <laughs> so. That doesn't even... That's, that sounds like he is... He is... I don't even know the... Like, sociopathic. You know? Right, like, yeah. That's so twisted and horrible. I know. Can you imagine? And no one knew who he was. But his killer was at the funeral. And just, like, making small talk with everybody. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Ronnie was found at his cousin's house and arrested for Melvin's murder and the robbery of the Cheers Tavern in November. Making his life on the run last only three months. Apparently, Ronnie never even left Salt Lake Valley and no one spotted him so all these wow you know police groups and whatever were <laughs> searching for him and he was just like walking around town like he's a pretty ordinary looking guy but mm-hmm. with how brutal this was you'd think that he would have been caught sooner if he was just walking freely um, um do you think that he put on some sort of disguise maybe maybe like a hat and glasses or something yeah yeah i could see yeah, that he did. Yeah. So while he waited for his trial for this murder, he was in a maximum security cell. Uh, And Ronnie created a plot to escape from a courthouse <clears throat> during his trial. On April 2nd, 1985, Ronnie walked into the third district court in Salt Lake city at about 8 45 AM for a day of testimony on the murder trial. As officers and inmates, were there for court they walked from the basement parking garage so they pull in to a parking garage just so they can transport the the inmates to wherever they need to go Um, i see and as they're walking to the third floor an officer saw something in ronnie's hands and yelled run he's got a gun according to eyewitnesses either a woman slipped the gun to ronnie as they passed by because for some reason how this freaking building was set up was that just the general population of people were allowed to be in the areas that inmates were passing through. So Dang. a woman, someone saw a woman slip him a uh, something. Um, but another person testified that uh, they thought they saw a, that someone taped something to the drinking fountain and, that's where he got the gun is from oh. that. but either way someone got him a gun right that and it's so scary right? again like why are people talking to prisoners why do they have telephones yeah. i know right i don't know i don't understand if you're in the maximum um what is it called maximum security how do you have yeah. freaking communication with anybody communication with people. Like you get this, know, but <laughs> I don't know, I guess it's a humanity thing, but like there's a reason. Wasn't humane with what they did. Right, like there's a reason. Yeah. And with how many times he's tried to escape, you'd think he'd like have limited communication with people. And how he just turns on people randomly. Yeah. Like he's speech. Like, he's unpredictable. He's a walking hazard. Right. So there were the officers that were like transporting the inmates. One of them left his post and ran out of the building. The other oh. officer shot at Ronnie and Ronnie got shot in the shoulder and he ducked into a records room. Um in that room there was attorney Bob Mar- Ma- Macri. Mac- yeah. Bob Macri and his colleague attorney Michael Burdell. Ronnie pointed mm-hmm. The gun at Bob first, and then at Michael. Bob later testified that he genuinely thought that it was an April... April's, <gasps> April Fool's joke. I can't talk. Um, because it Seriously? was on April 2nd, and just this guy, dressed as a prisoner, had a gun and had bloody clothes. And they were like, oh, this is a funny oh. joke. So they really didn't... Wow. They, they were like, oh, funny. <laughs> but... <laughs> Anyway, way, got- in, way for his brain to like shut down and like <laughs> not be traumatized. You <laughs> right. know what I mean? Totally, like, just like wow, trying to deal with his like trauma. Um, it's insane, right? So they initial that was that was uh Bob's initial thought. Um, but then once he realized what was happening, um, Bob got down and ran out of the room, and that's when Ronnie shot Michael in the eye.
1: Um, oh my gosh.
0: Yeah, once Bob got out of the room, he heard the gun go off and he screamed, "Police, help, murder." And he's like he said in an interview, he said, "I swear like I got I went crazy after that. Like he just couldn't compute Get thoughts." Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's so scary, right? Um Ronnie left the records room and ran into uh the Salt Lake County Sheriff's bailiff Nick Kirk. So Nick um heard the heard the sh- oh my gosh <sighs> Nick heard about the shooting and ran down five flights of stairs to protect his judge because his main duty as a bailiff is to protect the judge right so oh, if there's yeah. shooting happening he's got to go and find the judge and keep him safe um so as he's running down these flights of stairs he bumps into Ronnie and Ronnie Shoots Nick in the stomach. And <sighs> Nick falls to the floor. Does he die? I'll get there. <laughs> okay. Uh, Ronnie went down to the second floor. And approached a man filling a vending machine. Uh, he pointed his gun at him. And asked him for a ride. As they walked down the hall. There was an open window. And the vending machine guy jumped out of it. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, he was just like I'm out of here. Um, <laughs> I mean like. That's brave. That is, I wouldn't, I probably wouldn't do that. It was a second floor, either. but I wouldn't even think of it. I don't, I don't know. I would think like, oh, I'm going to make the, like, was the window open? Yeah. Or was it like, okay. Because I was thinking like if it was like closed, like, I don't think I would have enough like foot power to break the window. <laughs> so it's like a failed attempt. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If it's open. Yeah. Yeah. So it was But open. even still, like. Mm. Can you get to the window fast enough? Can you get out without being shot? Yeah. Yeah. Can you make the landing? mm. What's below you? Like, oh, that's brave.
1: If you're scared,
0: if you're scared that he's going to kill you, then maybe you wouldn't. You'd take that over whatever that guy's going to do. That's true. Wow. Quick thinking, though. Right. Anyway, tell me what happens next. Um, Okay. Um, So the guy jumps out the window, and then at this point, Ronnie had a gun wound to his shoulder, and his gun only had one bullet left in it. So at this point, he's like, okay, like, I can't do anything (laughs) in my situation. So Ronnie dropped the gun and surrendered to the police on the lawn of the courthouse. Wow. Yeah. So he just went on this chaotic rampage for no reason. Yeah, it seems like every every attempt he does, like it escalates to like where him or other people get hurt, and then he just goes back to jail. It's like, but enough, really, right? <laughs> this is this is a little extra. Like he does, he just keeps like going through these theatrics, and then gets put back in his cell. Like
1: he just like, gets over his energy,
0: like he gets his energy out, and then he goes back to jail. And it's like, mm-hmm. okay, but then just stop letting him out of there. Like, don't yeah. take him places. Let him be where he Like, have to. the hospital come to him. And if they can't, then, oh, well, that's just fate. <laughs> yeah, don't they have medical at the prison? When well, I they- watched prison break, they did. But I don't know, I don't <laughs> know how real that, re- that really is. Ronnie was, after he surrendered to the police, He was taken to the University of Utah Hospital in serious condition. He was treated for his gunshot wound to his shoulder, and he was fine. Um, Michael Burdell, who he shot in the eye, still had a heartbeat, um, but no brain activity at this point. Um, He was pronounced dead 45 minutes later during surgery at Holy Cross Hospital. Oh, my gosh. Um. Bailiff Nick Kirk, who he was, sh- <laughs> I'm sorry, who he shot in the stomach, was taken to LDS Hospital in critical condition and went into surgery. He survived, but would deal with the damage from his injuries for the rest of his life. <clears throat> um, the courthouse was on lockdown after the chaos, um, because obviously the authorities knew that someone had to have helped help him get a gun. You know. Yep. Exactly. Um, <clears throat> So, during their search, they found a bag of men's clothes under the sink in the woman's restroom. Um, His girlfriend at the time, named Darcy McCoy, was his getaway driver after he robbed and murdered Melvin, who he Uh went there for his uh, testimonies, right? So, she was suspected of being an accomplice, so she... We're recording, yeah. Okay, sorry. I had to check. <laughs> um, <laughs> she was found about a mile from the courthouse and was arrested. Her sister Karma was also arrested. Um, Karma be- bitch. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> but, <laughs> so she was also involved in. Help- um, so she was the one who put the bag of clothes in the bathroom for him. So she's also in trouble. Um, Darcy agreed to be a witness for the state for the trial um, about this event and testified against Ronnie. So she, I think, got a plea deal um, for helping the state uh, or the prosecution. Karma, on the other hand, got eight years in prison for planting the clothes in the bathroom and relaying messages to and from those who would help him escape. So she was the one who would go to the prison or call him and would talk to him and get the information for the escape. So I got a lot of my information from Stacy Lee, um, who's the host of Dining with Death on YouTube. And okay. she did a really good job in telling the story, but she was saying that, um, so her dad's an attorney and, mm-hmm. or was at the time at least. And her dad said that she asked him about this and was like, Hey, um, do you remember anything from this time? And he's like, yeah, I kind of do remember that. Um, and he's like, but I, what I really remember is that this incident at the courthouse changed the way they transported prisoners to and from court. Really? <laughs> yeah. So completely changed how secure it was. It wasn't so like lenient, and they didn't let like commoner, common people just where, yeah. you know, they're transporting people. Ronnie Lee Gardner was sent back to maximum security at the Utah State Prison. He prepared for his trial, and he, in preparation, he was evaluated by a psychiatrist who would diagnose him with antisocial personality disorder. So that was his his diagnosis. I see. (laughs) Okay don't really know exactly what that is but i assume that means that he just doesn't care about other people. <laughs> Let's look it up. I should i should have put it in here. Let's look up the definition at least to get an idea of what that means. A particularly challenging type of personality disorder characterized by impulsive, irresponsible and often criminal behavior. Someone with antisocial personality disorder will typically be manipulative, deceitful, reckless and will not care for other people's feelings it's sometimes called sociopathy okay yeah sociopath um and in june 1985 ronnie pled guilty to the murder of melvin otterstrom um so that was the bartender that he killed and was sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole But then he had another hearing, obviously, for the courthouse event, and Mm -hmm. Ronnie said during his hearing, quote, I didn't have to kill anybody. No one done anything to deserve what happened. Um, At the trial for the courthouse chaos um, on October 22nd, 1985, the jury deliberated for less than three hours and found Ronnie Gardner guilty of capital murder of Michael Burdell, Um, Mm -hmm. which is the the attorney after the sentencing hearing the same jury deliberated for five and a half hours to decide ronnie should be put to death for killing michael burdell and injuring bailiff nick kirk um november 1985 ronnie chose the firing squad for his method of execution which makes him kind of a popular or a well-known person because again the firing squad is not a common choice Mostly ch- puts uh, them in the headlines, yeah, because you know it's just not common. and but it's still on there as an option. So they have to is it still today? Yeah, Wow. but they have to do a bunch of stuff. like i'll I'll t- talk to you through about it for a second. but okay. Okay. um <laughs> he told the judge, quote, "I prefer to die of old age, Your honor." But if that ain't possible, I'll take the firing squad. Um, So if prisoners choose this method, like we learned with Gary Gilmore in episode 12, the state Mm -hmm. is required to do a series of appeals to be able to move forward with that choice. Um, They have to kind of jump through a bunch of hoops and go through all these things to see if they, one, should even... If they, if they choose firing squad, maybe instead of firing squad, they could just have life in prison and die in prison. Uh, and sometimes they think the appeals will take so long that they never really get to that point of the firing squad, mm-hmm. you know? You look like you're on fire. Yeah, why do I look like that all of a sudden? Is your house in flames? No, it's just this candle right <laughs> here, but, like, it wasn't red before. No, it wasn't. There you go. Oh, there you go. Okay. I guess it's too late. We're already so far in. I don't need to filter. I'll just be ugly. (laughs) Okay. All right. Well, I mean, like, I'm not saying you are ugly, but I don't think a filter (laughs) is going to change anything. (laughs) You know? (laughs) The filter won't fix how ugly you are. It's fine. Okay. So... Yeah, so like I was saying, um, the state is required to do a bunch of appeals and see if they can move forward with this method of execution, right? Um, mm-hmm. Which, fun fact, Utah and Oklahoma are the only two states that still offer firing squads as a method really? of execution, yeah. Um, Utah and Oklahoma? Yeah, everywhere else it's only mm. lethal injection. That's interesting. Yeah. And the reason that um, Ronnie chose firing squad is because he said there was less likely to be uh, a mistake or that it it's like a, a for sure thing. Like you get shot, you're going to in the heart, you're going to die. Right. But with lethal injection, there's been situations where people haven't uh, died or it's been a slow death type of thing um just with how they you don't know until you're you don't know until you get there right so Dang. um anyway what about I, electrocution oh they don't do that anymore that's oh, like long gone yeah <laughs> I, I i wonder when the last one was hold on <laughs> we're just gonna
1: just test think the of internet like,
0: i always think of like the goofy movie where they're like and they'll give you the, the electric chair <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah so when um, I was a kid, I'm like, oh, man, that is, like, top punishment. Like, you go to jail, you get the electric chair. <laughs> the electric chair was used quite frequently in post-Greg versus Georgia executions during the 80s, but its use in the United States declined in the 1990s due to widespread adoption of lethal execution. In 2021, South Carolina turned back the clock and became the only state in the country in which person may be forced into the electric chair if he refuses to elect how he will die. What? (laughs) In 2021? Yeah. Either you choose or we choose for you, and you're not going to like it. Shit. As of 2022... The only places that still reserve the electric chair as an option for execution in the U.S. are Alabama, Florida, South Carolina, Kentucky, and Tennessee. Yeah, so it's still around, huh? Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. Sorry. I I just think that's so fascinating. Okay. Mm -hmm. Anyways. Um, Anyway. 1987 while waiting for his execution ronnie had a lady friend visit him in prison which like uh stacy lee (laughs) during her episode she was like i don't understand how these men still have women coming and going like it's so weird what what are they gonna get what what are either of them gonna get out of it Well, this guy got something out of it because as they were talking through the glass, Ronnie suddenly breaks the glass partition and grabs the woman and begins just undressing her Hmm. and the other inmates see what's happening and they start blocking the guards from getting to him and they're rooting for him ronnie and this woman just freaking have sex in front of everybody what and it took a few minutes for the guards to actually get to him and take him back to his cell gosh i would hate to be one of those guards (laughs) right oh how horrible yeah i know but like nasty can we just just And what about other visitors there were other visitors right oh yeah they were were they doing watching i guess could you imagine being one of them? <laughs> I'd be like, ah, I feel like wrong place, wrong time. <laughs> he has he has this completely like eff oh. attitude. He's just like, I'll do yeah. whatever I want. Cause he's like, I'm gonna like be balls to the walls. Who gives a yeah. shit? Well, because he's about to be executed and there's literally nothing worse. I mean, live like you're dying, right? Exactly. <laughs> So yeah. Anyway, wow. I don't know. So I know, right? In 1994, Ronnie got got drunk on prison toilet wine. (laughs) What? Yeah. So they made wine in their prison toilet, and he got drunk off of it and stabbed his cellmate nine times with a shiv he made from sunglasses. His cellmate survived. There's so much to unpack there i know know. um but so his cellmate did survive but they still tacked on the assault charge to his list of charges even though he's being executed um yeah so i wonder how gross prison wine prison toilet wine is Uh, i mean yeah so I'm, i'm sure they're using like the tank i don't know where like You'd the fresh water so. is. You'd hope so. You'd hope so. Well, I don't even think it's a regular toilet. It's a bowl. Right. What are they how are they doing that? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. They'll That's find disgusting. a way. They find a way. Always. Toilet wine. Have you seen Orange is the New Black? Yeah. They find all kinds of ways to do things That's they're not true. supposed to. I'm like, you know how we were talking about going to that, like, wine tasting thing? <laughs> yeah. What if that's, like, one of our critics were like, I'd rather drink toilet wine <laughs> than this. <laughs> I'd rather drink prison toilet wine than this. <laughs> yeah. In 1996. That's I know. It's insane. <clears throat> In 1996, Ronnie said he was going to sue the state of Utah if they didn't honor his request to be executed by firing squad. So defense attorneys took on the case and said he couldn't be executed by firing squad because he had brain damage from all the things he dealt with in his life. He had meningitis at four years old um, that I guess can have complications or like uh, lasting effects from that. Huffing gas Mm -hmm. and glue at six years old, drug addiction at nine years old. Alcoholism at 10 years old, sexual abuse, neglect, and malnourishment. Mm. Yeah. So oh, during break. All that makes me so sad. Mm-hmm. Like for his youth, you know. I know. Like little Ronnie wanted just like mm-hmm. I'll take you and take care of you. Or I'll, you know, that's all he just, he needed. He just he just I wanted that's love. all he needed was someone to step in and like care. Yeah. And he never got that. But I don't think he would have even, I don't think he would have accepted it at a certain point. I think he would have just been rebellious no matter what. Because he was, he <sighs> yeah, was, gr- like, kids are just like that. Well, I mean, his entire life, that's how he lived. So even if you, you'd, you would have had to intervene at, like, two years old. Yeah. Um, when yeah, CPS took him. him the first time, they should have found him a new home at that time, I think. I mean, you'd you you wish you could turn back time and just like give him that opportunity at two when CPS mm-hmm. first took him away from his mom. Like, he, if he would have been with a loving family at that point, how would he have turned out? Because right. he had this, um, what is it called? This antisocial personality disorder is that something you through experiences gets worse or is it something you just have at birth right, and he would have turned out to have a difficult life anyways you know what i mean mm-hmm. like would he have Adventure turned out any different nature. yeah like would he have turned out different um or would he have ended up um having the same outcome eventually I don't know, but you can only imagine the kind of effect those those things would have had on him, especially with yeah, um, at such young ages. It's insane. Okay, yeah, that's so sad. Mm-hmm. I so during his execution pardon hearing, I believe so they're still trying to like decide whether or not he's even going to be executed now because he chose firing squad. Uh, Ronnie mm-hmm. stated that he had changed. It was, uh, he said, in 1999, after several psychological evaluations, they served as a form of psychotherapy, and it helped him gain insight into the damage he's caused. He said, quote, I didn't want to change. Um, I fought for it. I fought it for a long time, but I finally accepted it. And that's the good thing about change. You have to really look at the damage that was done. He said he accepts the horrifying details of what happened to him, something he's always downplayed, like it wasn't a big deal. Um, He's come to grips with how he destroyed families and people that he'll never know. He -hmm. said, quote, I'm embarrassed. I'm ashamed of it. When I look back, it shocked me. He became a counselor for other inmates. He wrote a letter to Oprah Winfrey asking for a donation to start an organic farm at the prison. He well, then, yeah, he then changed his mind. He didn't want to be executed anymore. He said, I can do a lot of good. I really believe that I can be a good example. There's no better example in this state of what not to do. <laughs> the board of parole listened to his arguments and all the evidence, and they ultimately decided that his sentencing would stand. Mm. Yeah. So, interesting. Yep. Um, so, the prison authorities had to use a manual written in 1985 to know how to even do this, right? Because they don't do it very often. Since it's a rare method, uh, they had to kind of use this manual as literal instructions on how to perform a firing squad execution. That's scary. Uh, right. Um, so, there was this concrete room with... it's. You feel like, <laughs> I felt like it would have looked different, but I guess they don't need it to look like aesthetically anything. Because it's just a concrete mm-hmm. room, mm-hmm. and it's a black wooden chair against the wall, and it has a strap for the head and two straps for the feet and then straps for the arms on the armchair or the arm breast whatever. Okay. Um, and then there's sandbags behind the chair and to the side of the chair so So that over well so that it while um when they shoot that there's no ricochet or um it just kind of catches everything i see the wall he's facing he's looking at has like these um so it's all concrete still but it has these like slits in the walls for the rifle barrels to be, like, rested on it. Mm -hmm. Um, And then they're all aiming at his heart because they put, like, a... They put a target over his chest, over his heart, and that's where all the riflemen are aiming. Um, Mm -hmm. There's five random anonymous rifle handlers. Um, Four of them have live rounds and one of them have a blank round we did talk about this in the gary gilmore episode but um we can go over it again because it's which is crazy because in my story i'm also referencing that same episode oh you are the odds Uh that's funny so 12 that's so funny um yeah so yeah so four of them have live rounds and one has a blank round so none of the people shooting know whether or not they were a part of killing him there's always a question that they're like i could have had the blank ground right? right um so ronnie gardner would have a tar. oh yeah a target over his heart um and then they would instruct him or ask him if he has any last words and then he'd be hooded they'd count down and then they'd all fire right so that's kind of like what's in the manual that they're like following um 24 hours before ronnie was to be executed guards move him from his cell to a death watch cell where he has his last meal um and i forgot to look up what his last meal was i want to say it was scallops but i don't know if that's real hold on ronnie lee interesting last meal <laughs> sorry hold on he was watching the lord of the rings trilogy while he was eating his last meal i don't even know what would be going through my head during that time like you would have to just like be as positive as you can but i feel like i'd be having a total meltdown right it's got to be executed Last meal. His last meal was steak, lobster tail, apple pie, vanilla ice cream, and 7-Up. Why would you mm. choose 7-Up? Yeah. Uh, He watched... Oh, so 48 hours. Okay, sorry. So on June 15th, 2010, he ate his last meal, steak, lobster tail, apple pie, a vanilla ice cream, and 7-Up. And then he... <clears throat> Sorry, and then he did a forty-eight hour fast, um, watching Lord of the Rings and reading Divine Justice, and he said his fast was motivated by spiritual reasons. Hmm. Huh. Anyway, okay. Um. <coughs> Weird. Sorry. Um. He was able to visit with his family. Um. He had a few chosen visitors that he could kind of say goodbye to um he didn't want his family to be there for his execution so instead they ha- held a vigil for him um i think it was across the street um and they played leonard Skinner's song free bird and during the execution time and on june 18th 2010 ronnie was changed into a black sh- jumpsuit led to the execution chamber and strapped to the chair The curtain was pulled back so the execution witnesses could watch, and he was asked if he had any last words, and he said, I do not know. Ronnie was hooded, and a target was placed over his heart. The rifle safeties were flipped off. The executioner said, ready, aim, fire, and the five gunmen pulled their triggers. Ronnie's hands clenched into fists. He sat upright. He began to relax, but then he tensed again and then after a few seconds, his body fully relaxed. Ronnie Lee Gardner was pronounced dead at 12. 17 a.m. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, that is just <laughs> the worst awful I don't know. I feel so, like, conflicted with how I feel. I know. It's one of those things where where, like, it is graphic to hear his last moments. But then you think about it and you're like, okay, well, is this justice, though? Or is this inhumane to where, like, maybe he deserved it or maybe, maybe, like, the lethal injection is more humane. Or maybe, you know, we shouldn't offer the death penalty. Like, it makes you think all these things where it's like, that's a horrible way to die, but also look at all the horrible things that he did and killed people for a hundred dollars or you know what i mean um yeah exactly so it's it's hard and i think most people wrestle with this like tug of war i guess with their morals (laughs) if Mm -hmm. if um you know the death penalty should even be allowed but honestly like I think about it, and if I was one of the victims, like, families, you'd also be, like, yeah, of course he deserves to, you know, be executed. But then, like, does that just make it a revengeful thing? Like, isn't yeah. it, isn't it more, like, um, torturous for them to be locked up for the rest of their lives and, like, waste away in a prison? Or... But then but, they get three meals a day and then they get reading time and gym time and, you know, like they're yeah. in a safe place. They're not suffering, but. It does surprise me at least who they like, who ends up mm. on death row and who doesn't, you know, mm-hmm. like there are so many crimes that I feel like are just as bad as his that the person didn't end up on death row. And it's like, why? You I kind of think it was because it was an attorney. And like mm. he was well, because he got life in prison for Melvin, the bartender guy. Um, but Michael, the attorney that he shot <clears throat> at the courthouse, I, I don't know, maybe it was because it was the place and the person. Yeah. I don't know because but there's like so many crimes that I think like are worth the death penalty. <laughs> hmm like that's what i'm cha- thinking it's like, like pedophiles <laughs> yeah honestly right i right. think that's worth a death penalty and you hear sentence. they get like 14 years of until parole or something and it's like yeah and then they freaking get released and do it immediately after like there's no cure for that i'm sorry but there isn't which i don't know if that should be taken out but i just think that's Personally, I think that's a crime that I think should be under the execution list. Right. Like, off with their heads. Right. But that's coming from a mom. Two moms. Right. Mm-hmm. But, like, I think everyone's under the same thought process, though. because yeah, like because they knew better. Well, child abusers, sexual or physical, in prison, when they... When other prisoners learn of their crime, they are targeted because even Mm -hmm. prisoners think that that's inexcusable. So it's like, yeah, I think it should be under that list, right? Like, if we're all on the same page, then we all agree it's bad. Yeah, let's just let's just put it on there. Let's just, yeah, I agree. Make it a thing. Okay, same boat. Yep. Okay. So Utah executions are primarily or were primarily performed at the Utah State Prison in Draper, Utah, which has been closed uh, since July 2022 and has moved five miles west of Salt Lake City International Airport, which I'm like, why would you put it so close to the airport? If someone escaped, you just hop on a plane. I mean, I know there's more. There's way more to Going to the airport, but I mean, if Tom Cruise can hijack a plane, (laughs) (laughs) right? Like, I just feel like that's a really weird location. Well, it's (laughs) also closer to like the intersection of the West. You know, like you know how I eighty and I fifteen intersect in Salt Lake City. They moved it closer to that, so it's it's literally on I (laughs) eighty. Yeah. Yeah. It's like if someone were to escape, they could be in any direction within five minutes. Yeah, which is like interesting, brilliant, interesting choice. Why not send it to Beaver? Like, yeah, in, the middle, in of the middle of freaking nowhere. nowhere. Yeah, or Duckway. Let the aliens take them. <laughs> yeah, for <laughs> real. Uh, yeah. So anyway, the um, <clears throat> it opened in July. Which I didn't know it already moved. Maybe I'm just not paying attention to life. Yeah, you're behind. Um, But they moved roughly 2,400 inmates to the new prison. Um, November 29th, they began demolition of the old prison in Draper, Utah. And the first domino to fall was a guard tower. Really? Um, Yeah. Which, fun fact, the land authority voted... To save the prison's small 61-year-old chapel by the wayside that was built by the inmates, <clears throat> which was hmm. a result of the 1957 prisoner riot where they demanded a proper place of worship. Interesting. Um, yeah. So they're saving that as like a good landmark, which I think is really cool. Yeah, um, watch all the ghost hunters go there too. Does I was I was, in my notes? I'm like we should do a ghost hunt over here. Um, yeah. But the state is also preserving the prison's antique central locking system, known as the Johnson Bar. It's a relic of when the state lockup first operated in Sugar House, and there's only one other like it in the country, and it's at Alcatraz. Really? Yeah. No shit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, basically the Draper prison is going to be demolished and they're going to make it a community called The Point. Yep. It's going to be all fancy, shopping park. centers, parks, houses, because we don't have enough people freaking living here. And um, they're also going to do the baseball park, too. Is it going there? Somewhere nearby in Draper, so. Oh, but it, is it going at this, The Point? not or exactly sure oh we should look it up they just barely announced that they're moving it that to the draper. bees are moving to draper i just do not know where exactly but yeah me either anyway that's my story wow that's a wild one yeah i didn't know about this guy until i read read about him like yeah just barely about... that's just so sad like it's just like you know just like, take was, care of the kids. You know? Like was he a product of hard. his environment or was he was it his diagnosis like from birth? Like like I I guess I don't know enough about these psychological disorders or anything to know if it's like a they're always this way or would have been this mm-hmm. way anyways, or if it's a product of your environment that creates this disorder I don't know well I would definitely say that his environment didn't help
1: you oh, know made it People worse can I, still be yeah. born
0: with that and not end up being sociopathic murderers yeah so I think I'm leaning more towards his environment is what caused it because I think he did, just didn't have a chance to be nurtured the way he was supposed to be well, and I'm just like so mad because I just think about his like parents, and like some people shouldn't have parent or shouldn't have kids. He yeah, right that he was the youngest of seven. Right, that family had seven kids. mm mm-hmm. For what? And they didn't. They didn't watch after them because you said the oldest ones were like essaying. Yeah, Ronnie. Yeah. By five years old, yep. That's so sad. And him and his brother Randy were in and out of the, whatever it's called, the juvenile detention. So, mm-hmm. he just—they didn't care, right? And the like that only person anybody up, and the only person that semi cared is the one who taught him how to be a thief, right? So so sad i know it makes me really upset i feel like every kid deserves some fan or parents that love them and i just make yeah. it makes me sad that so many people don't get that right not even the basics you know right Jeez, like we think we please. have issues because you know we dealt with stuff, we didn't get a like, furby <laughs> yeah listen <laughs> Uh but wow. yeah like problems people have it so much worse but it's true. Okay. Uh yeah, let me get my story. Yeah, let's change the subject. Okay. I have kind of a short story this time. Okay. So, here it goes. <laughs> so, I'm covering Layton Hills Mall. Really? Yeah. Hmm. So, we're going to Leighton, Utah. The exact address is 1201 North Hillfield Road. And I don't know if you guys remember, but back in episode 12, I covered Kay's Hollow. And I mentioned that Kay's Hollow, Hobbs Hollow, and Leighton Hills Mall um, apparently make like a equilateral triangle right. of cursedness. <laughs> yeah. So... <laughs> Yeah, so this is one of the locations, so eventually I'll cover Hobbs Hollow. Okay. Um, So a little bit about the mall. Back in the spring of 1980, what used to be the 20-acre Layton Hills Trailer Park became a two-level mall with three main department stores, uh, ZCMI, Castleton's, and Our Box. hope I'm pronouncing that right. Um, But between 1987 and 2017, several department stores have made their way in and out of Layton Hills Mall. I was going to go through and do, like, the history of, like, oh, this store was here from this year to this year. But I didn't think it was important, so I just skipped it. (laughs) Um, Close the door. In addition to these different department stores coming in and out, uh, there have also been renovations happening. Just to keep the place looking updated and modern, as yeah. you would expect with any retail place. Right. So, I know we have some listeners that are from that area, so I'm just going to list a few of the stores that have been at Layton Hills Mall, just for nostalgia reasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, there was the Bon Marsh, JCPenney, Meyer & Frank, Macy's, Mervyn's, Dick's Sporting Goods. Oh, the and I guess it was also a sports a sports authority at one point, too. But I hmm. didn't put that in my notes. Okay. Um, sort of fun fact. In the summer of June 2020, it was announced that JCPenney would be closing its store as part of its business plan to close 154 stores nationwide. But apparently that store, that location was miraculously saved from that chopping board list. um so they're there to stay for now Hmm. so yay for jc penny yeah who knows how long that's gonna last (laughs) right the mall has now the mall now has over a hundred stores and the upper level is where you will find the food court with classic food chains like chick-fil-a dairy queen hot dog on a stick and subway plus others Mm -hmm. Uh, The lower level is where they have an interactive aquarium called SeaQuest. Also on the lower level, they have a a kids play area that was sponsored by Weber State University. Oh, that's cool. So this may seem like an ordinary mall, but it's rumored, not confirmed, that it was built on an ancient Native American burial ground. I mean, isn't all of Utah? Yeah, I know. <laughs> I was thinking that too, like anybody could say that. I feel like, you know. Yeah. Like, it's all it's all not ours. <laughs> so <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> um so it's not confirmed, it's just rumored that it's been built on top of this burial ground. Right. Um there have been stories of paranormal activity ever since it first opened. Really? Yeah. I read several stories of former employees who have worked at the mall, and they say that the stories are all true, and things definitely happen here. Stories from the cleaning crew and security guards about experiencing paranormal activity in the middle of the night. They said that potted plants will relocate themselves when you're not looking. What? And when you look closer, the dirt from the plant has been disturbed or dug up and usually spilled onto the ground. Oh, my gosh. That's do they crazy. have a golden retriever somewhere yeah right or like a like a gopher <laughs> <laughs> well like uh um cory's house his dog just his tail swishing just <laughs> makes all their plants on the ground like oh my literally gosh. there's dirt everywhere because of his tail <laughs> it's so cute <laughs> but i can imagine that would be so frustrating <laughs> but it's probably not the case at the mall No. Um, Security guards have claimed to see shadow figures walking up and down the halls after hours, as well as hearing voices echoing against the glass windows. So you don't like the sound of, like, someone trying to talk, like, through glass? Yeah. That's what they were hearing. Oh, my. That's kind of scary. Yeah. I mean, I used to work at Southtown Mall. And closing was the worst because not only was it creepy and, like, the – because you'd have to go break down boxes and you'd have to go in the hallways that are, like, behind the stores. Yeah. So, like, I only employees. I yeah. there, too. <laughs> yeah. So, like, you you go through these halls and they're eerie as shit. Like, they're so yeah. creepy. But um, <clears throat> that was scary. But also just going to the parking lot at night was scary for mm-hmm. its own reason. But yeah, it's eerie being in a, in an empty in a mall. mall. Right. Yeah. And like, you know, like we can get into a whole discussion about this, but like, you know how they talk about like energy having effect for like how you feel in a room. Yeah. Like, I wonder if like that weird feeling is because like during the daytime, like the energy is so high and like vibrant that when the lights are turned off, it's like, wait, it's, it's like, so, yeah, it's like so you know? still. That it's yeah creepy, but it's just cause the energy's down. That's what I oh, wonder. Okay, I could see that. That's my theory. Hmm. But I mean some places really are creepy as shit. But like well, right. I could see that being the case. But I don't know enough about like energies to like have a real opinion about that, but that would make sense to me. Like that explanation yeah. kind of makes sense to me, I think. But- Oh, yeah. What I was saying, though, is that, like, some places truly are just creepy, like, mm-hmm. but those places usually are creepy during the daytime, too. Like, it's not a daytime-nighttime thing. It's, like, just all the time. It's just, right. like, nighttime amplifies it. And we so. those experiences were from, like, the um, cleanup people? Cleanup crew and the security guards. Oh, Okay. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Um, some employees have said that when they've closed up their stores late at night or even sometimes when they're opening up early in the morning and they're alone you know just inside their stores that the mannequins will move on their own oh if I saw that I would have quit <laughs> <laughs> yeah I would have quit so fast wouldn't that be so scary that would be the creepiest thing in the world Mannequins are freaky looking anyways, but like Mm -hmm. moving on their own? Nope. 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 Um, they said that they will change position or the clothing will shift without anyone touching it. That's scary. But you Um, wish there was like a uh like a security recording of it or something. Yeah. Where's the footage? Like, I know on. like you experience this I mean I guess uh, a 17 year old person working at the mall isn't going to be like I need the security footage for this <laughs> morning at 7 a.m. Um, there's no crime but something happens and you need to let yeah. me see it but any manager that would say no to that is lame as hell I so know you shouldn't right you be working there any that should be a good tester like if that happens to you ask your manager to see the footage if they say no or they act weird they are not for you that case is not not they don't have they don't pass the vibe check on it it. yeah (laughs) or they'll say oh our security cameras haven't worked for years but they're just there to prevent people from stealing which oh yeah. yeah that's likely that's honestly likely (laughs) <laughs> Even in 2023. That's likely. Right. Um, I read stories where some employees will come into their store in the morning and find that some of their merchandise has been completely rearranged overnight. Are you sure you don't have someone living in the store? Yeah, or like the security guard, like secretly shopping, you know. <laughs> or the person who closed was like, whatever you did, I'm going to undo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I... <I'm- laughs> <laughs> like we had that when people would redress mannequins because they didn't like how you dressed it. Oh so they would yeah. redress them when you were then when they were. Shit out. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that too. And bleed on a ghost. <laughs> oh yeah. Must be haunted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right like jessica this is the fifth time you've done this you need to clean up after yourself so the morning crew doesn't have to do it for you it wasn't me <laughs> <laughs> right it's the ghost <laughs> uh, okay also Just try that to you if you, you were if you work at the mall mess <laughs> it up and say it must be a ghost it wasn't me i don't know <laughs> <laughs> throw the ghost under the bus <laughs> especially if the person that opens is like a friend and you can be like it was a ghost i don't know looks like you gotta clean it up yeah, yeah. <laughs> i like this yep okay i can we can give you a bunch of tips of working at the mall <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? or just working with anybody i guess yeah, yeah. We can tell you exactly what not to do, but tell you to do it anyways. Yeah, how to be the night crew. <laughs> yeah, right. All right, so employees in the stores have also experienced items being thrown off the shelves when no one's around. So, like, you know, like the classic story of, like, a book being thrown off the shelf. Like, they'll see, like, their stuff being thrown off shelves. Isn't that They, they see it? Yeah. With their own eyes? With their own or with someone else's eyes (laughs) no not transplanted no but i do i remember at the old store before they moved across the hall uh yeah um when you worked at forever young yeah i thought you froze for a second because you were like Uh oh i was was, um waiting (laughs) probably back in time Uh oh do you ever do that, <laughs> just like think, yeah. like, oh yeah, that's that's where it was. Like you have to get yeah. like, to put yourself there to like know what you're talking about. But we always had like shoes that fell off the shelves that were on the walls, you know. Really? But but it was probably because the, the shelves sucked, or the neighbors oh. and the other store like hit the wall or something. But they see it with their own eyes yeah that would freak me out too and also not worth $8.25 no Never. well that was that was my raise $7.25 <laughs> that was your raise <laughs> isn't that the sad part yeah I started at $7.25 and I worked there for almost three years and I left at 8 dollars isn't that the saddest you thing you were proud the world? of that too I and I was like I'm making good money yep I can afford gas and fast food. (laughs) I know. I can actually freaking get something other than a Dr. Pepper at freaking Mrs. Fields. (laughs) Uh, But you know, that was back when McDonald's still had like a dollar menu. Like a true dollar menu. But McDonald's wasn't at the mall. No, I just mean like in general. Just being able to afford things. Yeah, that's true. The economy. Inflation. (laughs) (laughs) Don't get me started. (laughs) <laughs> if I started a job at 725 now, like I wouldn't be able to afford getting food at McDonald's. How sad is that? Yeah. But minimum wage has to really come sad. up a little bit with the inflation. Like it has Didn't to. It? I don't think I think it's still at 725 think. in Utah. Is it really? I wow. think so. Let's see. I what thought it discount. came up, but maybe it was like a bill. They're like, please pass this, then who knows what happened. Well, they that. tried to raise it to fifteen or something. That's what I that's the last thing I heard. Yeah, it's still seven twenty-five. That is shit. It hasn't Big come pile up of hot stinky shit. It hasn't come up since two thousand eight. Two thousand eight, really? What was it huh. In two thousand eight it was six fifty five. So wow. it went up 70 cents in 2008, and it hasn't come up since. Okay. That's... That's enough. That's not all right. If you can't... <laughs> you can't even get a combo meal for seven twenty five. dollars <laughs> Like, if you can't afford to pay your employees, you can't afford to have a business. I'm sorry. You can't even get a full thing of freaking... You know those huge egg things? Those are yeah. over eight dollars. You mean like the twenty-four, like the five? Yeah, dozen. It's twenty-something dollars, dude. Yeah, but the so the the okay. So there's like the huge count, huge cartons, and then they have a midi carton, and then they have the regular yeah. dozen.
1: And regular dozen,
0: though. right now, I just bought for five dollars.
1: That's pretty four.
0: cheap four dollars and 80 cents or something like that for 18 uh, for 12 oh for 12 doesn't it come in a dozen the the smallest size yeah that's it yeah sorry i oh, thought you were talking was, about the next one up no the midi i think is about nine dollars isn't it yeah that's 18. what i bought the other day it was 888 yeah and then the big huge huge ones are like 18 to 20 dollars And so you couldn't even buy more than a dozen eggs for minimum wage right now. You would have to work two hours to afford. That's before tax. Before the taxes. So after all the taxes come out, you'd have to work two hours to get 18 eggs. That's so sad. That is awful. What they should do is really just bring down the prices of eggs. Well, inflation just needs to come down altogether. <laughs> like, yeah, right. Not just the eggs, but like literally everything would be nice. Yeah, then you can keep minimum wage where it's at if everything else is cheaper. Right, but with where the prices are right now, minimum wage has to come up, even yeah. to nine dollars. Like it doesn't even have to go mm-hmm. up to fifteen. Why can't it go up to nine dollars? Mm-hmm. It needs to stay at least in pace with. 18 eggs (coughs) the price of eggs should determine what minimum wage is right that's mom politics (laughs) (laughs) if i have to work two hours for a carton of eggs despicable i will yeah like what anyway that's horrible it's fine. We're just <laughs> we spend a lot of time on how offended we are by minimum wage, but <laughs> <laughs> right. it doesn't even affect <laughs> us anymore. We're just like, <laughs> how I dare mean, they! Sixteen year olds aren't out buying eggs, but still, yeah, that's true. And if they are, good for them. Good for them. <laughs> they were. Th- They'd know their priorities. <laughs> eggs. You raised a good child. It's a really great source of protein. It is. Unless they're buying it to throw at people. Which I don't think people do anymore. No. We lived in a time where we would attack our enemies with eggs and toilet paper. And now no one can afford eggs and toilet paper. (laughs) And then call them right after like, look outside. (laughs) (laughs) We spent our childhood doing that. Yeah stacy was always our getaway driver it was not eggs but the toilet paper right we we didn't do eggs no that i was like actually putting damage on people's stuff yeah we just littered yeah we just did toilet paper okay sorry days i know huh okay and it took me the longest time to learn that that was a mean thing to do i know because we thought it was i thought it was to show someone that you like Cared <laughs> about them, like, hey, we're friends, and I just did this to you. Like, you're on, like, you're it. <laughs> you yeah, know? you do that to your friends, and then they do it to you. That's yeah. how we grew up learning it. But come to find out, you do that to people you don't like because <laughs> they. <have laughs> we to- played the game wrong. <laughs> yeah, we're like. Maybe that's why we have no friends is because we toilet paper them all. <laughs> <laughs> we we read the room wrong. <laughs> yeah. We're like, hey, look outside and they're like What did I do to you? You're like, ooh. You know how they say, like, like, kill them with kindness? Yeah. (laughs) Like, we were probably toilet papered so many times that, like, our mom was probably just like, it's okay, honey. It just means that they like you. Just (laughs) do it to them back. Right. (laughs) Like, okay. That's what you do with friends. It's fine. Yeah. Really. Well, to be fair, we just toilet papered Taylor's cousins. And her dad. (laughs) stacy's (laughs) <laughs> stacy's <Stace's, like>, ex-husband <laughs> looking back on it it's pretty funny
1: <laughs> oh
0: I I we did that a lot we delivered <laughs> his house a lot like we do exactly like okay you get the tree i'll get the bushes <laughs> and you get like the lights you get the the door like we like we knew our posts. <laughs> There's no way he didn't hear us though. We were loud as like, we were We were laughing so hard. Playing music. Oh yeah. 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 Why did we yeah. play music so loud in the Jeep? I don't know. I don't know. Those are the days. We weren't uh, stealth by any means. We didn't know how to do things. No. Didn't know how to make <laughs> friends. Didn't know how to treat friends. <laughs> didn't know mm-hmm. how to be stealth. It's fine. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. Okay. <sighs> what am oh. I reading? Where am I? <laughs> I uh, okay. Hmm. We just went on a tangent. Some people have experienced the lights turning on and off on their own. As well like as being maybe. touched with no one being around. And interestingly enough, I was going to put my notes, but I ended up not. Um, the people who mentioned that they had been touched, they all said it was... In the back. like they got touched in the back. Isn't that weird? Like the back of the store or like on their back? No, like on their back. Oh, okay. So I don't know. I feel like when like one thing is the same, it's like, why? Yeah, that's interesting. Um, employees have said that drawers and cupboards will open and shut on their own. And employees have said that another weird thing that has happened is that the phone will ring and when you answer it nobody will be there but if you go to look at like the phone record or like the incoming call list Uh that call won't show up like a ghost call completely a ghost call um i saw what there's a weird sound behind me is it a ghost it sounds like cooper's eating his bone right behind me but he's not in the room weird unless he's right at the door and i don't know how to hear things in the right amount of space (laughs) maybe maybe like the direction of sound is weird for some reason i don't know okay go ahead uh i saw a video where someone was being interviewed inside the mall and I believe that she was talking about her daughter who worked at the mall and, like, talking about her experiences that she's had, like, her paranormal experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, she had, like, a whole list of things. But one thing that she said uh, that wasn't out of the – that was kind of out of the norm was that her daughter once saw an apparition of a Native American woman um, with a very large headdress on. Wow isn't that interesting so it kind of like yeah. ties in the rumors about it being possibly built on top of a burial ground so it's like well because why else would she see that you know right so unless yeah. she's lying but i just i'm gonna assume that she's not so we're gonna be trusting people and we're gonna yeah think that this is real stories right but yeah that's crazy yeah i would imagine that it's either a burial ground or just the place of death or place that they lived or attached to mm-hmm. it could have even been just like a place where they lived didn't yeah. have to necessarily be a burial ground for it to be haunted yeah right? that's true yeah i would think so they don't have to like because they even say like spirits don't typically visit their bodies after they're buried that they go to like the places they lived or yeah, you know, like the places they spend their time. So I don't think that that'd be too crazy to think that it wasn't a burial site. It was like, like you said, like maybe a village or mm-hmm. something like that. Yeah. Hmm. That's the end of my story, though. That's cool. I I wonder if anyone that listens has been to or worked at Layton Hills Mall. If they have experiences, you should send us an email. Yeah i'd love to know or any mall just tell us about your mall stories because they yeah mall stories are dope working at the mall even though it sucked in some ways it was a fun time as a teenager to work at the mall i felt like i worked there as an adult that wasn't as fun no i can't imagine that being great But as a, as a, like, my first job, I liked it because then, like, I was, I felt as a kid, you feel like an adult because you're, like, Mm -hmm. working and then you can go spend your money, which I didn't. I was very scared of spending my money for some reason, but unless it was on food. I valued food (laughs) more than putting clothes on myself, but... Yeah, I don't know. You were you were pretty nicely dressed in high school, better than I was. But I I was always jealous of the clothes that you had because it came from like your store, and it was just like the it fashion, you know. Oh yeah. And here I was wearing like Walmart or like Gen X or whatever that freaking store is called. Oh my gosh, the amount of clothes we got from Gen X and it was just the worst quality like all camisoles or they're just like regular t-shirts right but that's just what i got because i didn't have a retail job i worked at the gym so but you worked at forever 21 and i was jealous of some of your oh. forever 21 stuff really uh-huh did you know i was so mad at forever 21 i'm sorry let me just like shout them out real quick i worked there for like a temporary position so i worked there from like november to like January, and I got like this awesome discount. I got paid kind of a lot for working there. Mm -hmm. And I remember they said in the beginning, they're like, Yeah, you can wear like pretty much anything that's in fashion, you know, just nothing that's like ripped up or like just be professional with how you're dressed. Yeah. Cool. So I go shopping at Forever 21 and I get this really cute. Do you remember that like light blue California (coughs) hoodie? Type yeah. thing that I had. Mm-hmm. I wore that to one of my shifts and they sent me home to go change. I was so mad because I'm like, like, I got this here, idiots. Yeah. They're like, yeah, that's too casual. And I'm like, it's, I mean, like it's a hoodie, but it's like in style, like, you know, it's not like a hoodie. It's like it wasn't like a, it wasn't like a, like a slouchy hoodie. Right. Ugh, I was so mad and embarrassed because I was like, you know, sixteen, seventeen. It was one of my right. first jobs. I got sent home for my clothing, but I got there. I, I was know. so mad. That's Ugh. so embarrassing. I'd be so pissed.
1: I did yeah, remember
0: I the my only rule was, <coughs> um, I had to wear shoes from the store. I worked at Forever oh. Young, yeah, the shoe store. That's now. Still there, anyways. Um, but <laughs> I worked there for many, many years. Uh, and my rule was I had to, I don't remember if I had cl- rules about my clothes necessarily. Like, I had to be able to bend over and not show my butt because, like, you'd have to yeah. get shoes out, like cleavage and stuff. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I just had to wear the shoes from there. But they only gave you like a week to buy shoes. I was like, oh. shit. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So well, thank you everybody for listening uh to episode thirty-eight. This airs on February fifth. So the next one airs on February nineteenth. Mm-hmm. And so in between that is Valentine's Day and the Super Bowl, which Mitch's team is part of the Super Bowl. Is he Go so excited? Eagles? He is so excited. I told him, like, does that mean we can have a new puppy if the Eagles win? Because that's what we did. The last time they won is we got Philly. Oh. So I was like, do we get a new puppy? And he's like, don't tempt me. <laughs> we, we probably won't. But anyway, go Eagles and go Valentine's Day. Hopefully People everybody eats chocolate. are playing chocolate. against the Chiefs, right? Um, Is it the Chiefs? I haven't yeah. looked. I didn't see who won the game. Probably. Think, and that's Josh's team. Oh, really? Well, not like his team that he's obsessed with, but like as a kid, that's who he chose mm. was the Chiefs. And it's All just right. been someone he pays attention to. Yeah. So we'll see who wins. I don't think Josh is Yeah, we'll see. Ex- I mean, like, dedicated or anything. But... Right. Like, it won't change his life. Yeah, he won't I'll go probably... get a dog because of it. Yeah. <laughs> I'll probably cheer for whoever wins. <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> uh oh and also by now another on deck at Dusk episode has been released yeah so join our patreon to get a scoop of that and that can you can join for as little as four dollars a month that's our lowest tier biggest tier is six dollars a month and that's where you get the, the small business shout out which we've talked about in the beginning mm-hmm. um follow us on social media If you liked this episode, share it with your friends and family and add us in your story if you choose to share it there. We'd also love a review or two. A review. A four to five star review. (laughs) Um, (laughs) That's all. Yeah. Thumbs up. and Oh, emoji reviews of episode 36. We also want that. Or of any episode. If you just want to tell us. An episode you're listening to and you want to send us some emojis about it that's fine that's, that's fine. a great thing we should start doing if you're too afraid to tell us the truth please just send us your emojis about how you feel and we will understand we will yeah. we will get it yeah. it won't hurt our feelings no matter what you put even if you give us i don't know what's an offensive one the poop mm. sign emoji? yeah a poop sign We'll say, oh, man, they thought it was the shit. <laughs> yeah. We'll turn it around to be positive no matter what it is. <laughs> yeah. We could,
1: we can do it.
0: Yeah. So, like, no matter what you send us, it won't hurt our feelings. We'll just accept it. So, we just want it. Yeah. It will hurt That's our all. feelings, but we'll pretend it was positive. <laughs> we'll cushion it as much as we yeah. can. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. But, yeah, be honest. It's fine. Yeah. I mean... With four or five star reviews, because that helps <laughs> us. <laughs> yeah. Be honest, but like gentle. Be honest, don't but go nice. Right. Be honest, but lie to us if it's mean. <laughs> yeah, because like even though honesty is the best policy, kindness is also free. So, <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, I love. I don't to know. <laughs> ask for feedback, but that we're like, but only only positive feedback <laughs> conditional <laughs> yeah yeah Oh, <Well, sighs> that's all okay well see you later yeah bye oh okay bye okay bye <laughs>